you know, if I was standing at midfield now and I'm looking at, you know, John Mitch right back, obviously Kem in goal, Illy on the right-hand side, you know, you know, Yatesy, Rossi up front, you know, King are about people, people, people like, you know, in that team, you look around the dressing room and you just went, we ain't getting beaten today. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's podcast, I speak to our former midfielder, Jeff Chapman. Jeff was a mainstay of our midfield in the 1980s, and we discuss all of those big FA Cup games, his encounter with Graham Ricks and Arsenal, his huge admiration and respect for Alf Coulton, and just why he believes that Windsor and Eton was a truly magical club. I hope you enjoy the episode. Jeff, thanks so much for joining the podcast, mate. It's great to have you on. Thank you very much for inviting me, Michael. That's all right. How are things? Yeah, really good. Really good. Up in uh, sunny Yorkshire now. Um, actually, it's been sunny, to be honest, uh, surprisingly, yeah. Whereabouts in Yorkshire? I was meant to ask you that at the, uh, yeah, at the event. Play, place called Richmond. Um, it's, it's, it's Rishi's. He's the, he's the uh, RMP, oh, Rishi, yeah. Um, it's like a market town. Um, just about an hour north of York. Oh, nice. Something like that, yeah. Nice. Lovely. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks again for agreeing to do this. Um, I've got a ton of questions sure. I'm going to throw at you, and I'm going to start by rewinding the clock all the way back to the 1980-81 season when you when you joined Windsor, um, which I think was at yeah. the back end of that season. If I'm yeah, not- I think so. I mean, just before we start, Mike, just to kick off, a little uh, preamble from me is was that everything I'm about to say comes from my mind, <laughs> and may not be the truth, and may not have happened, but it's it's what I remember. So perfect. If I upset perfect. anybody, hard luck. Perfect, and and there'll be no lawyers. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, okay. so going back to that eighty eighty one season, like how did the move to to Windsor come about in the first place? It's weird, really, because I um, well, I grew up with you know Kev Mitch, as as you know, right, and yeah. he was. Um, he, yeah, fantastic keeper. We all know, but we literally grew up since we were about five years old. We we live around the corner, literally two minutes from each other. And there were several um, of you in there. There were several of you, like Kevin Hill and yeah, Kevin Hill lived, lived opposite head. Kev Mitch. John Mitchell lived next door to, to uh, Kevin Hill, <laughs> and then there was me. And then not far, not far from us was Gary Woodcraft. Keith Beckett was just up a bit further on. Um. So we were like, yeah, we, we just grew up literally within two minutes of each other. We knew each other's families and everything. Um, you know, we went to, like I say, we went to different schools together. <laughs> but we actually we actually did go to school together. We played, I played, the first team I played with Kev was a, as a six-year-old, we had a Chelsea team called Five, five Side Team. Mm-hmm. And we played at the local Langley Centre in a proper little league. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then we just grew up from there. So... To answer your question, it was actually Kev that got me introduced into Windsor. Yeah. Because we played at Egham together, Mitch and I. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we were at Egham Football Club. We, You know, we were there before we could even drive. We had to, we walked one day from Egham back to Slough one <laughs> night. We didn't have a car to get home, so we just walked. That's the sort of thing we do. We played at Slough District together when we were 11. Yeah, we just went through everything together. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So we ended up at Windsor. I got, you know, I, I came to Windsor and, you know, was in the side and that was the start of it, really. Yeah, fantastic. Glad I did. And then, but was it at the end of that season that you all then moved to Woking? Were you part of that? Do you know, I'm not sure if it was the end of that season. I do remember going to Woking. Um, yeah. I just think I followed the, the the group, if you like, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, there was no real, like, I need to get away. I think it was the fact that Woking were in a high league. And they were Premier, they were Premier play, Division, like, weren't they? At the time, yeah, exactly. they were like, Premier. Yeah. And you want to play, you want to play well there. Uh, you, you know, you want to play your best, don't you? And I actually, um, I did like it at Woking. I liked the ground and, you know, it was, it mm. was good. Um, well, did, did, who went to Woking, Mark? I'm asking you questions now, but who mm. went to Woking, not players-wise, manager? Who was manager of Woking? Then see, my brain's not out. So it would be. have been Brian and Brian and Colin. Brian and Colin went from Windsor to Woking. That's it. And that's the reason why I went, essentially. That yeah. would have been it. So I was there with Brian and Colin at Woking, and it was a step up, and it was great. You know, I loved that. I loved that. But it didn't hold the same, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't hold my heart like, Windsor did. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. just didn't. For whatever reasons, it just didn't, you know. Um, but it was great. I did like Woking. I, I like Woking. Used to get a lot of stick from the um, the Mona's Corner down in that, <laughs> as it's called. Um, Every club has one. Yeah, they used to they used to hammer me for certain things, but I did used to give them the reason to be hammered normally. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I accepted it, took it on the chin, yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you quickly came back and uh, went... You know, obviously Jeff and Alf had taken over. Yeah. Um, talk through what those guys were like. In those well, Jeff and Alf. Yeah, because I thought they were, you know they were obviously a perfect combination. Yeah, I mean they were like Lauren Hardy. No, I'm only joking. They, they were um, seriously. There was there was two things. I mean, one of the things then at the time as well when I when I joined that I did all my coaching badges with Alfie. Oh really? All the yeah, way back. Then? Yeah, the way yeah. Back. Well, I was only 21, 22. I did all my coaching badges. Alfie took me through that because he thought that I would be a decent coach, you see. So that's when I got into coaching then. And it was brilliant. You know, I did it with the FA, but Alfie was doing it. Mm. So um, so I saw games in a totally different light at that point. Alfie had opened up my eyes. Just some way, did that help? Did that really help your game, seeing it from that different angle yeah. at such a young age? 100%. Yeah, because first of all, I learned a lot more about team about yeah. the, the, the why you got to be a team and how that works. But it, it really did. I didn't, you know, I I saw things happen in a game where, you know, for instance, a cross would come in, it wouldn't get cleared by somebody and that somebody would get all the blame. Yeah. But I'd be looking at why do we let the cross in, all right? And as a coach, this is the sort of things you look at. You look a step before and you think, well, why did that cross come in? You know, and of course, I saw the game, all the games like that. That's how I was looking, as you know, and so it was a bit frustrating because you know other players who were much better than me wouldn't see that. They would be looking at certain other things, which is fine, which is great. But I, I'd be getting a little bit frustrated sometimes. I think we we shouldn't have done that, you know. But the difference was we had Alfie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alfie would wouldn't know exactly what was going on. Do you know what I mean? And 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 get it right and, and work on it and whatever. And that's why our training sessions were so fantastic, you know. Everybody looked forward to the training. I mean, that's unheard of, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, and everyone said that as well, like, yeah, podcasts. Yeah, 
I was, it's absolutely true. You didn't want to miss a, se- a, miss a session. It was, you know, um, he never wasted a minute. And he always said, you know, we got, if we're lucky, we'll have a Thursday night to train. You know, you plan on a Tuesday and a Saturday. God get as much done as we can. But his his old outlook, he'd worked it all out that what he could get done and make as efficient as possible. And I understood that having just done all my coaching badges underneath him, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so yeah, Alfie was still is in my mind, a bit of a hero. Yeah. There's no doubts, you know, just top man, you know, and, um, and Jeff complimented that amazingly. Um, Jeff was more of a talker, more of a, you know, he could get players to the club. Um, he knew the game. He played at high levels himself, you know. Um, and again, top man. I love Jeff. You know what I mean? Uh, Nudger, as we called him. He's pro- you've probably heard that story a few times. <laughs> um, but yeah, but between them, great combination that you couldn't fault it. You know, you really couldn't. But I don't think you, you could speak. Everybody in teams have their little set twos with managers, you know, disagreements and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure I did. I don't remember them too much, but I will say that overall that pairing was quite formidable. Mm, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And obviously enjoyed a huge amount of success. Um, yes. And one of the, uh, one of the standout seasons at 83, 84 season with Bournemouth and Burton Albion yeah. and yeah. obviously winning the league that year as well. Talk us through that that season in particular. Well, do you know, we, I, you know, we spoke about this at the time. I remember we were talking about Alfie. I'd sit with Kevin like, after a game and that and Illy and all them. And we'd talk about having Alfie on the sideline, right? And when, when you had Alfie on the sideline, it's like you was one new up. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what he made you feel like, you know, he just... He had this way about him that we were just unbeatable, you know. And he had expected a lot of you, and you did do as you was told. Simple as that. That was his way, you know. Um, but that's what that's that that's what that professionalism, that expectation is is what gave us seasons like that, you know. Yeah, that, that's what it was about. It was that it it was and probably still is the highest level of, of football understanding that I that I went through. Now I know that there's there's players that will say yeah, but you know we didn't play pretty football all the time. We didn't. No, we played effective football. Yeah, yeah. and winning football, and and it, and it won us games. Yeah, we would. You know, there was times when Alfie would would train week in week out about putting the ball in the hole a bit more direct. Yeah, times where if I controlled the ball in midfield, Alfie was onto me saying, "I don't want you controlling it in there. Pit, pitch is too sticky." Just hook it in the hole, and then we'd have Yatesy or Rossi or whoever's up there expecting it. So we'd turn teams around and shut them in, and they hated it, you know. And that was, but that was planned. That didn't just happen. That was how it was, you know. And um, yeah, it might not have been pretty, but we won games, and and we were resilient, you know. We were a resilient side, and I and I still look at that team, and I look around at, you know, if I was standing that midfield now, and I'm looking at. You know, John Mitch right back, obviously Kem in goal, Illy on the right-hand side. You know, these are my Langley compatriots, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we could have been just playing over the park like we used to. Um, and then, you know, Yatesy, Rossi up front, you know, King are about people, people, people like, you know, in that team. You look around the dressing room and you just went, we ain't getting beaten today. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no way we're getting beaten. Um, I guess the, the pity about that squad was the start point in a way 
like you all obviously came together the Athenian League and the Division Two of the Ithmian. You imagine like where, how that team, how far that team could have got if, say, they came together when the start point was in the Premier Division of the Ithmian League. Yeah, you know, yeah. What I mean? like they were. So many people I've spoken to have said that that team and that squad was so good, they genuinely could have were arguably one of the best in non-league football. And you just think if the start point so they'd hit the peak years, you know, when you, you could have been in the conference when everyone could was- have been in the conference. We were heading that way. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, but there was there was a magic about that team. Whether mm. it was luck, like in having a group of players that just gelled like that, or whether it was manufactured by having such a um a high level of leadership, which you need, you know, yeah. so that players know what they're doing and how to do it and it just makes you gel you know um I, I don't know which one that is you know I've, I've had a lot of experience now coaching and managing and my job today is coaching and performance yeah but I, and I think I understand and when I look back at that to me we were we had exceptionally good players yeah and natural players, you know, we, we grew up, and I know this firsthand because we grew up kicking balls, you know, around, around the streets, me and Mitch, or over the park. If we weren't coached, that's what we did, you know. Yeah. Same with Kevin Neal, same with John Mitchell. Yeah, naturally good players. And then all of a sudden we're brought into this professional sort of atmosphere with the likes of Alfie and Jeff. And it was, it was um, a recipe that was always going to achieve something, if you like. And... And it and it sort of bore out that way. We got you know it, all the promotions and so on. Won games we we probably had no right to win, and teams that came to our ground didn't like didn't like it because they knew they was always up against it. You know, um, and I guess the other missing ingredient from what you just said there as well, or the added ingredient, was the team spirit. And and that's what it was. I mean, like I said, lucky. You know, we're lucky that we had a level of spirit because we had quite a few lads that lived around the corner from us, grew up, yeah, from the same roots. We there was no airs and graces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was we. I knew. You know, they were like my brothers. I just knew them inside out, and they knew me. You know, you couldn't you couldn't falsify them. If you had a crap game, you freaking knew about it. Do you know what I mean? That was it. There's no getting away with it or whatever. You just got hammered. Which was great because that's what you needed. Um, so <laughs> the team spirit, you know, success breeds spirit as well. But true, like I said earlier on, we were resilient, and that's because we knew the level of players that we had. You know, you just look, you just look, look, look at the back. You know, you look back at the team and you go, right, Evan Mitchell in goal. Who else would you want in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, There's no one in the league, no one that you could think of that you would rather have in that in that goal. Well, that, that's a start, isn't it? And that's amazing that you've got somebody in a team at that level straight off, you know? And then you look at the back line that we had when I was there at the beginning, you know, we had people like Colin Smith. Now, now Colin, you know, I love it to death. What a player. He was a great player because he told me so, right? <laughs> so he must have been. But he, he, um, he was, you know, he, he wasn't the best distributor of the ball. You know, he could probably control it further than I could kick it. But, you couldn't get past him. Yeah. And that was his strength. And we knew that. He had Bob King, who, or, or Fatty, as I used to call him, all right? And he won't, he won't, because he used to call me Big Nose. That was our names. That was how it went. <laughs> but Fatty, you know, he looked like he couldn't get off the floor, but he won every header he went for. 
because his timing was superb, you know. John Mitch, probably the coolest right back you will ever have in your life. You know, so many technique. people have said that. I never saw John live, but so many people. Oh, I mean, different. I, I've seen him in his own box flick the ball up and do an overhead kick to Kev Mitch, who was expecting it. <laughs> I mean, when does that happen? It's like it's just taking a piss. But that's what he did. That's what he was like. And, he, he, you know, all his brothers were footballers. The little Brian Mitch, as he was called, um, was a good player in that. But... John, exceptional, cool as you like. He had that really nice arrogance about him as well. And I say nice arrogance. He wasn't horrible, but he, he, players never took the mickey out of John Mitch. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was always the other way about. That's how it went, you know? Gary Woodcraft, what a player. I mean, honest as days long, just solid as you like. You could count on him for everything. And, you know, that's the player that you want. Those are the players. So when you look at that back line, you just go, "Well, we ain't losing that back line." You know what I mean? And then it went on from there. It's just, it's just fabulous. You know, really was. So a couple of standout games from that year: Burton Albion, FA Cup. Oh yes, <laughs> that was standout, wasn't it? Like that I say, you know. It was it was it's volatile to say the least. When we got there, it was they were screaming, shouting at us when we got out of coach, fans and stuff, you know. Which to be honest, you know, we didn't really I'm, I'd never experienced that, you know. I, we went there expecting oh, it'd be a tough game, we didn't expect that. And then we came out, I remember coming out onto the pitch and oh, the, the abuse we were getting just walking onto the pitch, you know. But like I said, I look around the team and I look at Little, like I said, little Gary Woodcroft, Arvnut, don't give a shit, won't even listen to that, right? Yeah, yeah. If you want it, you can have it. That was his mindset, right? Um, Like Kev Mitch, the same. John Mitch, so what? You know what I mean? And that's what I'm talking about. It didn't bother us. It didn't bother us, you know? There were some times in the game where, you know, when Rossi, unfortunately, hit, that, hit their captain fullback and broke his leg... Yeah. And Rossi wasn't a dirty player by any means, he never was, but he was tough, tough player, Rossi, which didn't help. That sent the crowd into a bit of a frenzy and um, got their team <laughs> got their team on their toes. But, you know, we had the silky skills of TV. Trevor Barron, you know, sadly not here anymore, but, you know, you know I'm lucky enough to have played. I, I do genuinely believe, Michael, that I have been so lucky to play with these guys. Really, really, really. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, that was just a special, special squad. Special. Which oh. obviously then culminated in the draw against a AFC Bournemouth. Yeah. Amazing. You know, AFC Bournemouth. Then to go in the hat and get United. I mean, where, that's were, you, where were you Where were you when the draw was made? Well, it's really, really weird. I was, believe it or not, I was painting and decorating at the time <laughs> as, as a job, right? As a right, job. Right. And I was working for... Um, Lionel, do you remember, uh, do you remember Lionel? Yeah, support, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There was George Smith, Colin's dad, and Lionel. Yeah. They were they used to come as a pair, you know. And um, yeah. I was working for Lionel. Was um, real, they're real like devout followers of Windsor. And I remember I was working with him, and um, we were listening to the draw on the radio. And it came up, and I was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. It was amazing, you know, man. You know. And then the next day, um, I get a phone call from the Daily Star, right. They want to come and take pictures of me 
for a newspaper. And I think, why, why are they choosing me, for God's sake? Well, it's because I was a painter and decorator, and they wanted to use the headline, Jeff paints the town red, because we could have Man United, you see. So so <laughs> I had this big, next day, I, I, they went round to my ex-mother-in-law's house in a back garden and took a picture of me. I was like grinny face that I had holding up a paintbrush and a bloody paint pot looking all right twonk but anyway so that was all over the place and of course I got crucified at work when that work got published a day later and um but what exciting times I mean you know everything elevated from that point as well you know from the crowds the fantastic crowds we had um and right into the team and it was that we were but we were buzzing everyone you know absolutely buzzing did the draw, knowing you have Man United, did that add to the pressure or like nervousness? Do you know? I, do you know what? I can't speak for anyone else on that. I wasn't nervous at all. Like I said, my guy, to me, I was happy to be in a team. Mm. I was a journeyman, right? And nerves. Mm, you were more than a journeyman. Well, I, I, I look back. I look at the, you know, all right. On that point, we could slightly go off the, that question. I'll come back to, but. You look at the likes, we talk about Evo, centre-forward, fabulous, right? You know, Yatesy, fabulous. Kevin Mitch, goalkeeper, fabulous, you know. And then the skillful, silky skills of TB and those players that stand out. I was never in that category, but I was virtually in a team all the time. Yeah. I played, I was doing a list the other day of all the players that I played with throughout the eras, if you like. Yeah. And I'm talking about, you know, from the Dave Lands, like Ross McCulloch's, through to the Dave Lands, to the Evos, to the I played them all, yeah. In the midfield, you know, the um obviously the Trevor Barons, the De- uh, Desmond Marnes, you know, even people like that. Terry Merriman. I played them all. I was always yeah. in the team with so I've seen players come and go while I've always been there, but I've never been the standout player. I was always the one that just did the job. Mm. And then you know, people would, and quite rightly so, would talk about Yatesy scoring or Kev making amazing saves and all that, which is absolutely right. You know what I mean? But I was just in there to do the job, you know? Um, and I was happy to do that. I was more than happy to do that. You know, that was, that was, I'm in the team. It's exciting. I'm with my mates. We're buzzing. And guess what? We got Manchester United to beat this lot. I mean, how good is that? You know? <laughs> Who gets that in their life? Fantastic, you know. Totally. <laughs> we should we should we could have won that home game, couldn't we? Yes. Well, we you know, that fantastic thing you arranged the other night, the reunion, um, with you know, uh, with the Bournemouth game. Um, watching that is really weird actually, because it's it was such a heavy pitch. I've forgotten how heavy that was. Um <laughs> we look at the chances. I mean, Yatesy was normally, you know. Stick him in the back of the net. Yeah, there was yeah, a couple yeah. there that I thought you should have got, but not. You know, it was it was that sort of night. Um, yeah, they could have scored a couple as well, but we definitely we definitely did ourselves proud on that night. We could have done them. We could 100%. have come away. You know, if we just stuck one of them away, I reckon we would have probably ended up like at Burton, where we were defending a lot in the last twenty minutes. But we'd have done that, and we'd have come away with a win. You know. And what but, about the replay? What are the thoughts going into the replay? Again, for me, couldn't couldn't wait for it. Could not wait for it. You know, playing at their ground, being yeah, you know, being like it was just amazing for me. Um, like I said, I never thought myself as a spectacular player, but I was in the side again, and I'm playing in the FA Cup against Bournemouth. You know, yeah. You know, to me, that's just like just 
amazing, you know. And um, and I, I, you know, again, I look around and I thought, well, there's no reason why we can't beat this lot. There's just eleven against eleven right now. That's it. And we're not slouches, you know what I mean? And we had Alfie there, and he told, you know, we believed everything he said. And if he said we can do this, we could do it. You know what I mean? Um, we're t- we are, you know, full of belief. We really were, you know. There's no doubts, no doubts. Um, and I, and I truly believe we had players in our side. And I've said this about Kevin Mitch. It was a crime that they didn't go much further in their careers. You know? Yeah, yeah, I know, hundred percent. Yeah, season level one just didn't didn't you know for whatever reason you know I look at teams different world now in, in pro football but I look back then and I'm thinking those guys could have been knocking goals in for first division teams no doubt just have a bit more coaching understanding but totally you think really the main difference <laughs> you know, in that era was just it's full time training you know all the yes. the, the, the the natural ability had it hands down and you imagine yeah. how good they would have bit Chris Yates as you say Chris Yates or Kevin Mitchell playing five days a week yes full-time exactly training. and do you know what it really does make a difference and the first time I, I experienced that was when I did my coaching badges with Alfie yeah because it was um it was up at Aldershot did it with the army right all the FA badges but with the army and it was every day so I was on the pitch eight hours a day coaching with Alfie and at the end, it was over two weeks. It's one of the sessions. And, and in the end of two weeks, that football felt like it belonged to me and my feet. It was a totally different feeling. I'd never experienced that before. Having, you know, like being able to command that ball so well. And I remember doing some shooting for Alfie as, as a demonstration to the rest. And I couldn't miss. And he kept saying to me, you need to miss because I need to coach it. And I couldn't. <laughs> I kept sticking it in the roof of the net from outside the box. <laughs> And it's because it just felt so like it was part of me. Now, you imagine, like, see, Yatesy, people like that, <clears> doing <throat> that. Well, our maids, just, they could be world beaters, you know? Totally. And, and, you know, so it is a shame, but it just wasn't the time for them, I suppose, you know. Um, let's be a bit lucky and so on and so forth, you know. Now, away yeah. from the Cup that season, we won the league as well, which was an amazing campaign in the league that season. And I remember seeing a, in one of the programs at the end of the season, just like how few players were actually used during that season. It was literally like every player yeah. played like 60 or 50 plus games. Um, yeah. What were your memories from, you know, just the league campaign? Same as, same as always for me, you get on a run and you think that's it. We are not being beaten. It just can't be beaten. And I suppose that happens with lots of teams, but for me, it, you know, like I said, it wasn't, we weren't a football team. We were, a, a, in my mind, and I maybe, I'm not speaking for everybody, maybe not everybody felt the same. It seemed like they did, but we were a band of brothers. We were like, mm. so we couldn't be beaten. It was, you know what I mean? We, we did what we needed to do, and that's how, we, and that's honestly how everybody felt in that team. I'm sure that was the case. And, you know, like I said, you, you know, and Alfie drove that, and Jeff, they, they drove that whole thing but you know success breeds success so i can i can see yeah, that side exactly. of it as well you yeah, know exactly. um but it was and also you know you, once you once you're top of the league and you start winning everything teams come and they go you know how are we going to beat this side they're top of the league you know what i mean you, it puts you up there so there's all that 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 builds into it but you know we were a great side and there was no reason in the world you know alfie used to say you have no divine right to win a game that's what that was. I remember him saying it. 
There's no divine right you walk out there and win the game, right? You work for everything, right? That was his that was the way he, that's the way he's trained us and everything. He was as honest as the day is long, you know, because he had, and I don't know if you knew, but he had um, SAS experience and all that stuff. I didn't know that actually, no. Yeah, yeah. Told me a few stories. I won't tell you them now, but off 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 uh, the podcast, I will. But he um <laughs> he used to tell me a few things about those days and and you know and his mindset and everything else. And um, yeah, no divine right. If you if you got into a scuffle, I remember one day so one of our players, I think it might have been Woodsy, got into a handbag scuffle with somebody, you know, on a pitch and all that. And half time, Alfie ripped into him. I don't know if it was Woodsy or not. It might have been ripped into him and said, you got two choices. You walk away or you finish him off and call the police. He said, which one are you going to do? Because <laughs> anything in between that, I don't want to see. And that's how he thought. So, so, that, he hated, so, you know, that was what you were dealing with with Alfie. He absolutely hated it. That if you did handbags and all that, that was like, well, what are you doing? You know, that's, that was the way he was, you know, he, he, no nonsense. You, don't, you know, training was like that with Alfie as well. I know we're going back over our ground a little bit, but, you know, I remember um, him screaming at, at um, one of the players, you know, just giving it, because he had just fallen over on a pitch, you know, in training. And he was like, don't fuck about, you know, you know, you need to be out. And he sent him back to the dressing room and all that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? And that was his professionalism, was you're here to train. Um. But he knew his stuff. You know, I've got so many stories about that, which we won't go now, but so many stories of how he what he did with players that I saw. And I think, yeah, that was just superb what you what he did there. You know what you I mean? You know what? That's yeah. what it, it's, it's funny you say that. It for me, this what football lacks today. When you look at managers and coaches, with no disrespect to any of them today, but that's what they lack. Mm. That's where, where you know, yeah. in non-league football in particular. Yeah. Well, it, it takes it does take some leadership to to gain players' respect to that level, and you you know Alfie could be really hard on players, but he still respected him. Mm. You could disagree with what Alfie was doing, but he still respected him. What I heard about Alfie was that he was always fair. That's exactly it. You know, fair as, as fair as anything, even-handed. You didn't get away with anything, but he was even-handed. There was never any favoritism. Um, yeah. But the thing about him was is that you trusted him because he knew his stuff, you know, and, you know, just just the way we lined up across the field, the stuff we would do that other teams weren't doing and, you know, how we shut teams in, how we worked together to do that. And we used to work so hard on the training pitch at that stuff, you know. Um, and he had his way of playing. He always said to me, look, you know, when we was in the lower divisions, he said, listen, we need to play direct football to get out of these divisions. We can't play on these pitches like perfect football and stuff. So when we did, he then started to bring in the sort of play where we would get the ball wide nice and early and, and get then get crosses in near post, far post. And we didn't even have to look up because we knew Yatesy or Rossi or Dave Lansdale, whoever was playing up, they were expecting them. Yeah. They, as soon as it went wide, they were already making their runs. They knew it was coming in. We had that level of understanding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. John Mitch would get the ball right back. I was off. I was going in the hole because I knew he was going to ping it in there. And he knew I was getting there. So all this happened automatically. And it wasn't it wasn't obvious from the sideline, but we knew it was going on the pit. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that yeah. Was, and that was drilled into us week after week after week. Now, listen, one other really interesting game that year was the Arsenal game. Yes, what a game. I've got yeah. some great pictures. I might have sent you those, but they were, yeah, I mean, uh, it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, All the full Arsenal team. I mean, you know, I, I remember, I think I went in a little bit on uh, Pat Jennings, um, a little right. bit late on him. I'm probably not because I meant to, it's just I was probably a bit slow. But, um and he sort of got up and gave me a real dirty look. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? It's a friend now. And I was like, yeah, I know. But, but you know, that's Pat Jennings, for God's sake. You know? Um, <laughs> so who, who would you have been up against in the midfield? Graham Ricks. Of course. I know that. I know that off by art. Ricksy. Well, Ricksy, like I know him. Old Ricksy. <laughs> um, Graham. He's, um, what a player. What a player. I mean, I know he's had some... Funny old headline since that since mm. since then uh, won't go into that. But he's he's he was a class above what I played against for sure, for sure. Um, I know you're going to ask that question later on. Who was the best player I played against? Yeah. If you want me to get that in, that's him right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I remember one. You know, like I said, Alfie used to get us to shut players down nice and quickly. Yeah. So when the ball was getting to that player's feet, we'd already arrived at that player's feet. So he couldn't get his head up. That's what we used to do. Well, you know, playing in the first division, you know, playing at our level, you do that. And that player was knackered then. He'd have to go back. And if we got him to play the ball back, we'd done our job, you know. And I remember about five minutes into that Arsenal game and the ball's coming to um, to Rixie's and he's, he's got, He's got the ball. I've sh- I'm right on top of him. I've shut him down. He's made one, he'd like moved to his left, one little touch, and then just turned and pinged the ball into Woodcock, who was up front. Yeah. Who had already peeled off our centre back. And then he struck it pretty much first time down roof of the net. And then Kev does what Kev does, tips it over the bar. Yeah. But with me shutting him down, about within four seconds, they're having a shot of goal. It's incredible. That's that's the level I'm talking. That's that's that was astounding. You know what I mean? Um, but you know that that stuck with me. Um, very good, very good. Fair play. And at the yeah. end of that season, I remember there was a story that Bob King had shared in the book that you'd all gone for your end of season do, and Prince Philip had turned up. Yeah, that must have been surreal. <sighs> yeah, well, it was surreal. Yeah, and and. You know, Prince Philip, of all people. I mean, as I said, I mean, how lucky were we? We're, the royal That's what I'm talking about. When does that happen, you know? <laughs> just just madness. But, um, yeah, he was all right because I did actually talk to him, you know, right. and um, not not at any length, but, you know, sort of stupidly. You know, how, I asked him how he was, you know, like he was, was going to say. But he um, he was a ladies' man. I should, maybe shouldn't be saying this. This isn't going out. <laughs> I'm going to end up in the Tower of London or somewhere. <laughs> but, um he was definitely, he liked the ladies. If there was ladies about, he was chatting to them more than the blokes, for sure. Yeah, Pro- proper ladies, man. <laughs> I noticed that in him, yeah. But fantastic, you know, and it's great that he um, he supported the club. You know, obviously a busy man, and he supported this club. So that's testament to the club right there, isn't it? You know? Yeah, 100%, right? That summarises it. 
Yeah, it really does. Yeah, he's um so again, you know, you know, when he turned up for Kev's testimonial and all that, you know, I just feel personally that like I've been so lucky to be involved with that. I really do, you know. Um some people might see it different and think, you know, I was unlucky to be you know, speaking to the, to him, but no, he um it's great. It's just great. Memories, you know, um fantastic. Now, the following season, which was our first in the Premier Division, couldn't have been much more of a tougher start where we got drawn against like Harrow, who were uh, league champions, first game of the season, went there and got yeah. a result. You know, I, I, you tell him we've got a result, it doesn't surprise me, though. Our pre-season would have been fantastic. Like, yeah. you know, all pre-season were great under, under them. It was just, you know, we worked, we trained hard, we got fit. We were so organised, and I think Redknapp said it in Bournemouth that you know they found it hard to play against us because because we were organised, you know. And um, going into that into that Premier, you know, going up one and into that didn't it, it certainly didn't phase me, you know what I mean? Because mm. I felt like we had all the tools in the box. We we knew that we could compete, you know. Um, so I was looking forward to that season. It was like, come on, bring it on, you know. Um, that was it, really. But then weeks later, Jeff Jeff left for Woking. How much, how big a disappointment was that? Well, do you know, of course, because you know you get used to the terrible two managing you. You know, Alfie and, and Jeff and all that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, fifty percent of that's gone onto better things. Which we wished him the best and all that, as I remember. You know, but you know, we still had Alfie there. Yeah, yeah, and we finished fifth. You know, we finished fifth that year. Yeah, and that was sensational. And again, testament to Alfie's abilities, you know. I, and, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, this isn't the right thing to say. I always had a had a feeling that Alfie hankered to be totally in charge. Right. Because, you know, with his SAS days, with his – he was a quartermaster in the army. Um he was in charge of people. He was FA regional coach. He was in charge of people, you know. And then all of a sudden, he's at a club where he's coach, but not able to make some of the decisions he wanted to make. Yeah. But I feel that that let him loose a little bit, and it was. It, I think he enjoyed it more that he could make some much better decisions based around what he wanted. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think I think that would have that would have set him free a bit. But like for us, it was great because it had, you know, continuity. And that was, that was the big thing for us, you know, saw us through to fifth in the league, which is not a bad, bad first season there, is it really? No, totally. And I thought looking back at that season, one of the standout things for me was just, you know, we were at that time the best team in the area. But, you know, we, that year we beat Wickham. I think we'd done a double over Wickham. We'd done double over Slough. You know, we beat all the local teams that year. Lovely Slough. I used to love that game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, brilliant. That's what it's about, though, local derbies, you know, at any level. But, you know, we were a good level. And and I knew a lot of Slough players, being a Slough boy, you know. Yeah, yeah, sort of well, of course, of course. And, with you know, and, and Kev, John, all them, we knew all the Slough players. So there was always that extra little bit of, you know, rivalry. Um, and uh, <laughs> like I say, you know, we were just... I, I do count myself extremely lucky that we was on a... On a on a ride with the right people at the right time, 
Do you know what I mean? And totally. it, it it's just like it doesn't happen very often in anything in your life, really. And um, it could have gone so differently, but it didn't. And that's why we're here talking about it today. Hundred percent, right? Hundred yeah. percent. And yeah. that season as well, like it just kept continuing, like drilling them again in the FA Cup. So there's more yeah. games. Good game that Tony Cascarino. Yeah, that's saved he broke by my Mitch. nose in that game. That's saved by Mitch. Oh. <laughs> the best, best save I've ever seen. But again, like I say, you know, I've seen it so often. I've seen it since Kev was five years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that I expected that of him. That's what yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He gets the things that you had to, how the hell did he ever make that save, you know? And but then you just get used to it. Because you know, we used to play on Sundays as well. Don't tell anybody. Um we had a fantastic Sunday side, the Royals, and that was you know, there was me, Mitch, Chubba Barron, Kevin Hill, all playing for the Royal on a Sunday, right? You imagine what that team was like, can't you? You know? And we used to love it. We used to love it because it was more relaxed. You used to do stuff that you might not do on a Saturday, you know, you know. But we used to get targeted as well, you know, by other Sunday sides like you know, there's Illy get on the ball on the right hand side and somebody will come in about knee height you know, to get him because he plays for Windsor, you know, and it was there. Uh, so it was always very difficult trying not to get injured on, on a Sunday, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, so so you, you look at you look around and you look at, as a, again, that was all part of the spirit that we had, you know. moved on at the end of that season though Laurie Craker took over yeah how disappointing was that that Alf took over and how different was Laurie as a manager totally different totally different Laurie came from a very black and white world he was he was obviously a decent player because he was you know was at Chelsea when he um as a player as a fullback and Laurie was a real character and again sadly missed he is he was because I, I had a time, I, mean, I think it was at Hayes when I had a little bit of time in there when I first started years and years ago. But um, <laughs> he um, he was a hard nut as a player. Right. He was known as a hard nut. He, he took no prisoners. I've actually got a picture somewhere of me playing against him and he's wearing a 50-50 and he's, and he's literally taken me just above the knee. Um, and I was a friend of his. So that, imagine what it was like if he wasn't. Um, so... Uh, the crackers, as I used to call him, was a real character, but he was one of the boys as well. He was a real, he was a real great. You know, he's a he's a proper guy. As a coach and a manager, I wouldn't put him on the level of Alfie. You know, in 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 that understanding, but as a player, he was fantastic. And and when he managed us, I think he could manage us very well from a player perspective, but not you know, not so much as a coach. If you know what I mean, it yeah. was that type of thing. And I guess in in his defence. <laughs> that I assume would probably have been his first managerial role. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think I, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but yeah, I think you're right. And um, but he got us going. You know what I mean? He was he was a good guy. But again, I remember I remember Kinger absolutely stitching him up something rotten. No, really. It was um, yeah. We we we'd all. You know, after the game, we used to get changed. So we'd get in a bar and have a drink, right? That was it. And, and Laurie was normally one of the first people in the bar, right? Because we were all having a drink. And I remember standing in the bar and there was King of the Air and, and Rossi and Mitch and Rolstead, like usual, having a drink and that. So said, where's Crackers? And I don't know. Where is he? Like, you know. Like in, 
he, he wasn't anywhere. And then finally he comes in, you know, so where have you been? And he tells us the story. He's been in the change room cutting chewing gum out of his out of the air, hairs of his ass, right? Which happened to be stuck up there by Bob King. So what happened? What had happened was crackers used to come into the change room, get stripped naked. This was his habit, and have a cigarette and sit there and start bollock naked. Right? Excuse my language, but that's what he would do. So he's sitting there, right? And then he'd get up and have a shower. Well, King has already changed, and as as Laurie Craker has got up and bent over to get his towel out of his bag. King happened to be walking past him out of the changing rooms, took a big wad of chewing gum out of his ass and stuck out of his mouth and stuck it straight up his ass. And then just walked out, right? <laughs> Crackers has had to sit there with a pair of scissors cutting it out. Right? It just made me laugh so much because that's the sort of thing. Love it. King was just like, that's what he would do, like, <laughs> nonchalantly just do stuff like that, you know. Um, that, that was. That was what it was like, you know. <laughs> yeah. But another, but another big game that year was Torquay FA Cup. Yes, that was a, that was a big game. Um, was that one we, we should have won? Like of all the teams we played in the cup, from Gillingham, Brentford, and Bournemouth, etc. Was that the one that was the winnable game? Um, yeah, I suppose so. The only thing is, coming from an angle of being a player. In those other games, you know, I always thought they were as well. So I, I don't know. I can't because I was I was that confident and maybe overconfident. But I, but yeah, like yeah. that that to me it was eleven against eleven on the day and such a know, good attitude to have though. Such a good attitude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was it. I mean, all right. If you're playing against uh, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Liverpool or a Man United, Liverpool, you'd yeah. probably be thinking not really good chance, you know. But Torquay, Bournemouth. You know, Gillingham, yeah. we could do them. On a day, we could do them. And yeah. that was only because I was inspired by the players around me. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Totally inspired by them. You know, if I if I really looked around at them and thought, we, we haven't really got the team, then, I, you know, that wouldn't have been the case. But it wasn't. I was always, Jesus Christ, we could beat anybody with this team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just got to put it together. That's it, you know? Um, when you look back at those different, those early years, like... 81, 82, 82, 83, 84, 85, What was your favourite year? Because every each of those seasons were quite different, i.e. Division 2 of the Ithrian, Division 1, Premier Division, different FA Cup games, Arsenal games. What was well, your, of those years, what, what was the most enjoyable and your favourite? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I suppose for success, it was that, you know, it was the Bournemouth year, simple as that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, that... Yeah. that that and, and everyone would say that, and why wouldn't they? But but truly, it was playing at Windsor, uh, and and I, I, I sounds boring, doesn't it? Keep saying that it wasn't. No, not at all. But but you know, I, I wherever we were playing, the fact that we were going up in the leagues was was absolute joy, right? You know, because we, we were achieving, but we were achieving with a set of players that you know, I just couldn't wait to get my boots on on Saturday. I was all excited Saturday mornings, get up, boots were clean. I was eating my ritual scrambled eggs by about half eleven. That was my meal every every. You know what I mean? And then it'd be round the Mitch's, or if we had an away game, somebody was driving. You know, we'd be having a laugh, and and that was all part of it. You know, it was just so exciting. So the fact that we were st all still playing together in any league, yeah, and that's what I said. I think I, I was pretty much like my mindset was a microcosm of that day, not the league, and not. 
how we were doing. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I must have been a bit thick or something because <laughs> I feel like I wasn't taking much in <laughs> other than we're playing football. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, a lot, a lot sticks, but there's a lot that doesn't because I was just so, so into just turning up, excitement, getting the music on in the car, and you know. You know, and all the stuff that went on around that, you know, little memories like I remember we got picked up. There was me, Kev Hill, Kev Mitch, Keith Beckett, John Mitch. Yeah. Keith Beckett was driving. He had a little yellow Escort. This is just something come out, stick stuck in my mind. I was driving to a game. I think it might have been up Harrow or something or Hayes. And we all got, we had to wear blazers and all that, you know, so we're yeah. all like blazers yeah. and smart and everything else. And I think I've got in the car last and we're driving off, you know. And, uh, of course, it's only a little car on it, and we're, we're all in there, all stuffed in there. And, and um, next thing, I noticed there's a wasp in the car. <laughs> right. You've never seen five grown men scream so much, you know, you like. Illy was jumping about over on trying to get away from it. Keith Beckett was trying to keep the car on the road. This car was bouncing all over. The floor. And we, in the end, we had to pull over, and we all got out of the car and load them. It was a little wasp. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so stupid. But it's those things that I used to love that that would happen, you know? So then how sad was it, I guess, at the end of that 85, 86, when it all started to break up? Yeah, very sad. Um, of course, you know, of course it is. Things can't go on forever. I mean, like, like Alfie said, there's no divine right to, to be at the top all the time and winning. And, I, I you know, I don't know the full story behind, behind that. Um, we... <laughs> you know, there was times after that because, you know, I helped Alfie coach the team at, at mm. some stages. You know, um, and yeah, it was it was difficult. The team, you know, people go their own way. There's there's things that yeah, don't happen, and, and I don't know what the reasons were to be honest. But it was sad. Of course, it's sad. You know, it's, it's like you know things break up. People people move on, don't they? You know. Are you you played a year under John Clements? Yes, one year. Um, I like John. I didn't didn't after Alfie. I didn't get on with you know. Be me being honest, I didn't get on with the coaching and the that side of it with, with John. Yeah, um, I like no I like John. from what you've just you'd experienced, right? You know, like you'd exactly. Yeah, what you'd experienced we, under Al. Yes, yeah. There were certain things that happened. You know, I remember we. We had just been run ragged by I think Kingstone and we lost um three two. And then on the Tuesday or well, it was the Saturday we had played um Wickham, Bondras lost eleven one. Yeah. And there was stuff that went on before that game where I was thinking, What the hell? What the hell are we doing? What are we trying to do? After after all of Alfie's stuff over those years, it just felt like we'd gone back a million miles, do you know what I mean? Almost to Sunday football level, you know. And I don't really don't. There's no disrespect to anybody. It just felt that way, you know. Yeah. Then we lost eleven one to Wickham, and I remember turning up on a Thursday training, and the, the general thought of the day from the from the powers that be was that we weren't fit enough. So he just had us running around a pitch after losing eleven one on the on the, the week before, and to me that wasn't what was needed in my mind in the team. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I sort of made an exit at that point because. It wasn't really for me. There was some coaching things going on there that showed yeah. 
Remember, I was an FA coach at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was looking at it from a different angle and I was thinking, that's just not right. This is not going to get us anywhere, you know. And I know they went on had a certain amount of success, you know, so maybe I was totally wrong, but it didn't fit with me. You know, that, that yeah. was all really. Um, Where did you head after that? Well, you know, I had, because I went back to Woking, I ended up as a coach at Woking, helping um, with Colin Nippiot and that. I was I was there yeah. for a while coaching, coaching that, all that team, took them into the conference. Um, what did you learn? What did you learn from someone like Colin? Is where because obviously he was an outstanding coach as well. Colin Lippia, it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Um Colin was one thing I noticed with Colin that is he was or I took from him was what a character he was. Yeah. You know, and, and that wasn't put on, that was him, you know. Mm. Unbelievable character. And people people really understood that and they took to him and they listened to him for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. He had a great vision on how he wanted the game played. He was good at communicating that, do you know what I mean? Um so I learned a lot about that side of it, how you communicate and how, how you yeah. get across to players and why players buy into you and that sort of thing, you know. Um, I learned a lot from the players because I was then coaching the likes of Trevor Barron and people that I played with for years and now I'm coaching them. And yeah, yeah. that's difficult. That's difficult to win their trust and, you know, their understanding because they could have just turned And I was an ex-pros that were at Woking then, George Friel, do you remember him? I don't know if you remember yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and um, it was the other fella up front. I, I can't remember his name now, but and then Mark Biggins and all that lot, big characters. And I was coaching them. And so it was a big step for me. It was quite, you know, I look back mm. and it must have been quite brave for me to do that. But we went on one, we won the league by, I think, I don't know, 11 points or something that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, teams didn't like to play us. I think we, I remember playing against Yeovil and Brian McDermott was playing for Yeovil. Yep. And I knew Brian from Slough, obviously, because he's a Slough boy, you know. And he came up to me after the game. He said, that was like playing Real Madrid. He said, oh, we couldn't get near you. We had that level of players at Woking that could do stuff and, we, we, you know, really coached them well into that. Um, so that was that was a, a part of my life as well. And then a guy called Derek Cottrell came in and took over. Um, yeah. So I'd had a year, out of, a year or two out of playing. And then I ended did up... You, come got, back to, you came back to Windsor, though, didn't you? Yeah. Like, when Alf was... I remember, yeah, I remember coming. Well, that's why I ended up helping him coach and, and yeah. do stuff. But I came back as a player coach sort of thing. Yeah. And I hadn't played for a year. And I remember coming back and um, playing in a in a reserve game one night. And there was, um, uh, who, was who was the manager of the reserve side? I can't remember, Derek. Somebody. Oh, Sweetman. And, yeah. yeah, that's it. Sweets, yeah. And... Um, that was my first game back, and I literally run myself ragged doing stuff that I should never have been doing because I just weren't fit enough. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. they said, "Oh, you played really well and all that," but I ended up, um, yeah, I played, but then I went over to Chalfham, and I ended up um, playing over there with um, Tony Driscoll was the manager there, and then I was playing there with the likes. I don't remember Floyd Dennis. He had a time at Windsor. Floyd, oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. He was. He came over. Um, Kenny Jameson, who played at Windsor for a while as well. Yeah. He was over there. So I remember I was coming, I was getting older then, you know what I mean? I hadn't played properly for a good few years. So my fitness wasn't there. And I remember one game, um, I hadn't played for a few weeks because I was just coaching. And then all of a sudden I was thrown into this game. And it was funny because every time I made a tackle, I kicked somebody up in the air. And yeah, I wasn't that sort of player. I wasn't that type yeah, of player. Yeah. The ref came up to me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> when the ref says that to you, 
it's time to give up playing, isn't it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, look, my head's want to do it, but my legs don't want me to do it. So I ended up just, um, yeah, just helping coach there with Tony Driscoll. Yeah. And then, and I, and I think, you know, with Kevin Hill, obviously I'd paired up with Kevin Hill. Um, and you both went for the manager's job at Windsor, didn't you? We did, yeah. We never got it, but we went to Burnham instead. Oh, did you? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we we coached and managed over there. A lot of people wanted you to get that Windsor job. Yeah, I, I would have loved it. I would have loved it. We went, we went for these two guys from Staines in the, in the end. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, a shame. Because I, I lived and breathed that club, as you're probably aware. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was more than just a team. It would have been the club, you know, and... Um, yeah, but yeah, we did all right, Burnham. It was it was a good time. Learned a lot there as well, you know, in in, in everything. I had a year play, uh, Eaton Wick, managed with Eaton Wick. Yeah. Um, did a lot of coaching there with them. So I've done, I stayed in football for a long time with different teams, coaching, and, and not a lot of people know that about me, actually. Mm. They think that I just played a bit and then went off the scene, but I was actually at coaching and training and, and that sort of levels around around the area, if you like. Um and that stood me in good stead, actually, for, for a lot of stuff to come later, you know. Do you miss um, it? Yeah. I'd go back tomorrow. So if, if <laughs> him upstairs said to me, look, go back to there and, you know. But I even run a coaching centre for the FA um, for, for a, a good two or three years in Ascot. Oh, Charles. Wow. Yeah, so I did that. That was that was often a weekend for me before games. I would... I would do that and then have me, have me scrambled eggs and then go to the game. So I run this FA centre. Um, I coached out in America. Um, I did all, oh yeah, that was a big thing for me, you know. Um, but but going back, I probably wish I'd played a bit longer. Right. You know? Yeah. I wish I'd well, gone. Do you wish you played? Some people say they don't necessarily miss playing, but the dressing room banter. Oh yeah. I mean, and like I say, when you get the likes of, you know, I played in a lot, a lot of teams, and you've probably heard this a lot, where you get little cliques of people, you know? And yeah. they all get on, but there's always a little clique where you sit with your own little few people in a bar and that. Never happened at Windsor. Yeah. You, you all stood or sat together. Nobody, you know, we all just were together, and that was it. And that was off yeah. the pitch, on the pitch, whatever. You wouldn't think about sitting in a little clump and, you know, there was no backstabbing, no talking about people. Like I said, if you had a crap game, you knew about it. Um yeah. and 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 you just sort of like swallowed it, and I know because I had quite a few. So um <laughs> you swallowed it, got on with the next one. Um and it was it was like that. So, you know, um I missed that all the changing room stuff. The changing room stuff, I mean, I've got so many different stories. I could write a book on on the changing room stuff, or seriously, you know. Should do. Um, I'll ghostwrite it for you. Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, because it does, it really does intertwine with the mentality of people, which made us great on the pitch, you know. And um, and everybody was free to express who they were. Yeah. Nobody felt like they couldn't. And that was the joy. You know, we had little players like Terry Merriman, for instance, right? Yep. I mean, the side, Alfie introduced him in, accepted immediately. Absolute tiger. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he used to set himself up for 50 50s, you know. He used to like that's what he used to do because he loved them so much in the changing room. He didn't say too much, but as soon as he got on that pitch, he just turned into this other person, you know. Yeah, um, 
but a real character in his own way. And he and he he always used to say he played at other clubs. I thought he was at Oxford way up like Whitney and that. But he used to love Windsor because he just could be himself, and he was accepted like that, you know. And that went around the pitch. And there's so many really funny stories from our, from all our players, and that, that would really, I think, make a, a small book that somebody would read, you know. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll we'll have a conversation on that. Yeah, but, you know, one of the going back to the book that I wrote, you know, what one of the bits that you contributed. There's the line about just the magic that infiltrated at Stag yeah. Meadow. I mean, I love that line. Well, do you know, if anyone knows what magic is, then that's what it is. Um, we understand magic as being something that's supernatural, that's amazing, and it's. It's surprising and it's like, it's just like this fantastic thing. Well, all of that describes my time at Windsor and Eaton Football Club and all the people there were magic. Um, The supporters, because they were, to me, they were proper supporters and I love the fact that they're coming to bar afterwards and that to me is magic. You see, that's that's it. There's none of this separation, Tosh. This was what it was about. And they would give us stick, you know, but we took it the right way and we deal with it and it was great, you know, and that's, to me, that's a magic thing. But there was also, you know, there's some magic people around that club that probably weren't mentioned too much, you know. Mm. <clears throat> and I'll give you a little example, um, Michael. And Again, this might not, that the facts in this might not be wholly true, but the sentiment is, right? Yeah. So we've talked about how amazing the team were playing in these FA Cup games, Bournemouth, Manchester United, fans used to come and watch us, right? Which is fantastic. That's how that's how it is, right? Yep. But I remember I turned up one day early for a football match at the club, walked in, nobody about, yeah? Set the um, change room door was open and um, there was a guy in there, which everyone will remember, uh, Chris Thatcher. Yep, I remember Chris. Yeah. Now, those who don't remember him, he was a, a great, at the time, grey-haired, I'd like to say portly chap, you know, <laughs> like he's got that pear-shaped sort of portliness. Yeah. Friendliest face you'd ever like to see. And always wore a tie, whatever he did, yeah. on the ground, right? Showed a level of respect, you know. And he was in there painting the changing rooms. He'd been painting them in the daytime, right? And he was on his own in there, you know. And I walked past, I sort of looked in, oh, hello, Chris. He said, oh, you're early. I said, yeah, and, you know. And he said, do you want a cup of tea? I said, yeah, let's get a cup of tea. So I'll make you a cup of tea, you know. So he went and made a cup of tea, and we we sat down in the changing rooms, just the two of us, and we were just chatting, right, before anybody else turned up, you know. Yeah. And I, and I asked him a few questions about him, you know, and I said, you know, so what, 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 what do you do? He said, oh, I've been here a long time. And he had this way about him, which was a very sort of homely sort of chap, if you like, yeah. you know. And he said... Um, we got on to his time in the war, which no. I knew nothing about. No. And he was telling me about now again, I don't know the, I can't remember the full facts. I think he mentioned Battle of Arnhem, but I'm not sure, right? Right. Essentially, he dropped out of a plane and was captured as a prisoner of war. Wow, I never knew that. Right. This is what this is what I'm talking about, right? And they got marched across the snow, across everything to a prisoner of war camp. And he said he had friends that were falling around him and they were telling him, think of your kids, think of your family. You've got to get through this. This is what he was telling these people, you know. And they got to this prisoner war camp. They weren't treated, oh, this is really brief, you know, re- uh, weren't treated too well. 
after a few weeks, months, they were very bored, weren't doing much, wasn't being fed very well. Germans weren't looking after them or whatnot. Yeah. And um, one day they heard this plane coming over the top. So they all went to the window and they're trying to see what it was. And as it got over the top of a prisoner of war, it, it rolled its wings and it was um, an English plane or, or, a, or a friendly plane. Yeah? yeah. And it flew off and they knew. Oh, that's right. Somebody had run out into the camp and put POW in, in toilet paper or paper they use for toilet paper in on the on the compound that on the on the pound outside. Anyway, the plane rolled its wings. So we recognize you. Yeah. So they were all like wondering what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? They're laying there one morning, they had this massive rumbling. And the Americans had come through the front gate with their tanks. Uh, what must that have felt like, you know? And he said they took them back and overfed them because they hadn't eaten for weeks. So they were all very ill because they'd been overfed. But now, what that guy was painting my dressing room, yeah, and we were the kiddies because we're playing in the FA Cup. Seriously, yeah, yeah. that's to me. That's that's what made the club magic that we had people like that. Those details. You told me this thirty-eight years ago, wherever it was, right? I may not have got all those details right, but that was the sentiment behind what you told me. You know, and I thought there and then. Jesus Christ, we, we, you know, we really do get up ourselves sometimes when there's people like that painting our dressing rooms who've been through that, you know? So I put so much into perspective, right? So much. Absolutely. There you go. Um, but, but the fact that he loved to come and pay tribute to us was just one part of that magic that we talk about. To this day, I think about that to this day. Yeah. And all the other people like him. That maybe didn't make it. A bit. It's a bit. You know, a bit sad. You know, this is a, this is meant to be a, a, a happy podcast, but it's truth, isn't it? You know, totally. Yeah, but but those people add to the magic of think of clubs like that. They yeah. they provide the depth, right? And and you know, for him to be that person to come in, dress in his tie, paint our changing rooms, do make me a cup of tea. I was honoured. Okay, I'm going to finish up with some quick-fire questions. Go on, then. Let's, let's see if I've got an All answer. Right. So, we can start. And obviously, you've answered one of these earlier uh, in terms of best player that you played against. Um, so, let's start with best player you played with. Terry Merriman. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He, I played right with him. He he did all my work for me. <laughs> he won the ball and just gave it to me so I could spray it about. Um, no, I mean, they did do that, but that's not the reason. I just loved him. I loved Terry Merriman. I loved playing with him. He was a buzzy player, but uh, like like Gary Woodcraft, as honest as a day is long. Yeah. Just went out there, 100, gave 100% as much as he could and was a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah. a very good player. Struck a great ball. And, um, you know, that's not taking anything away from anybody else because, you know, you could talk about the Trevor Barons, fantastic, you know. All the other players that I've played, I've played with on that pitch and I loved all of them. But I've got to say, Terry, for me, being next to me, yeah. was, it just felt right. We just clicked and we just we just did the right thing, you know what I mean? Um, so there you are, that's an answer there. Love that, an unexpected answer, but I love that. Love yeah. that. All right. Um, toughest midfielder you played against? 
It's like I said, I don't remember many of the other teams that I played mm. with players. I was so so involved in my own team. I didn't care about who I was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't. I, you know, I, I don't know if I can answer that. I seriously don't know because I can't think of a player that I would say, "Well, that was a tough game." Yeah, I just, I just, I just, I, like I say, I must have been. Well, a bit to be fair, fun. you did mention Graham Ricks earlier. Well, that that would have, yeah, for for yeah, uh, amazing innate ability, Graham Ricks, different class. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I suppose he made an impression on me um, with his ability because it's the first time I'd experienced somebody that could do that when I thought I had him in my pocket. Yeah. And so that would have been a kick in the teeth. So I suppose that that does go down under there. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I think I probably know the answer to this one, but best manager played under? Yeah, well, say no more. <laughs> Alfie. Um, Alfie was brilliant. Um Say no more. I can't, you know, there's no more superlatives for, for Alfie. I didn't always agree with some of the stuff he wanted to do, but I would totally do it because I just trusted him 100%. Yeah, yeah totally. All right, yeah. final question. Of all those FA Cup games, what was the favourite? I've got to say Burton. I've got to. Yeah, a lot of people say that. A lot of people yeah. say that. Uh, and I, it sounds a bit boring because I'd like, I'd like to say something different, but because... You know, we were the underdogs. They were, they were, you know, in a, you know, they were up there, and we knew what we could do. It was a volatile situation. It was a tough. It was like you said earlier on. It was like the Alamo, you know. Mm. But we showed so much grit and determination in that game. Um, so performance-wise, it wasn't pretty, but we did the business, and that's what we were about, you know, and. And I love the after thing where we we come out of there, went up the road, stopped at a hotel, and drunk champagne from in the, in the, from the coach, <laughs> being escorted by the police. What a great <laughs> thing to be able to say, you know, in my career, I got escorted from the ground in the FA Cup. In the you know, FA Cup, say no more. Um, so <laughs> I love it. Now that was that was that was looking back at it that was my favorite game for lots of reasons you know um and and being resilient is one of them and being a winner is another you know so um can't knock it jeff thank you so much mate i've really enjoyed tonight's conversation uh, michael it's been a pleasure and uh, you know i love what you're doing so thank you anytime it's, it's really brought Windsor and eaton to life for me and many others so I, I just think this is fantastic what you're doing and obviously for Alexander Devine which is you know very admirable um and we're gonna try to support that as much as we can now, I know I know that I'm on that boat and we should do more um so you know thanks mate please keep that going as much as you can you know yeah I will do and to listen to everyone who's listened once again thank you very much and I'll be back again in a few weeks with our next guest <laughs>